Kingdom Pursuits, where you hear from ordinary people instilled with an extraordinary passion. Together we explore the stories of men and women who take what they love and let God turn their passion into Kingdom Pursuits. Now, live from the Truth Booth, your host, Robbie Dillmore. I got to tell you, you are going to be so glad you tuned in today to Kingdom Pursuits because I, I, I have an idea of some of the stuff that's on here. And literally what I've heard this week, I will never be the same as I see how God's worked through these folks that are on this show and, and even to an extent my own story, which you're going to find out a little bit later about that. But I'm going to jump right in with a man that just literally I went to lunch with a friend and thought, you know, and, and he brought a man. He said, well, I got Malcolm here with me. I want you to meet Malcolm. And, and, and Malcolm and his wife, Joy, are here in the studio. They are the Hendersons, and they are with a ministry called Charis. I believe I'm saying that. Am I saying it right, Charis? Charis. Oh, there you go. Shows Robbie's ability to speak Greek. <laughs> it's <laughs> Charis. Charis for Haiti, which is, I understanding, the Greek word for Grace. Grace. God's grace, yep. yep. And I want to flesh that out with you a little bit. But before we do that, Malcolm, his story is more than amazing. I mean, this is one of the coolest things you'll ever hear, folks. He was studying to be a surgeon. He was in medical school. He was in his residency. God had a little something for him that was not what comes up every single day. And if you could just begin to whet our listeners' appetite for your story. You're, you're there, and sure. um, you finished your residency. Tell us what happened. So I hadn't completely finished it yet. I had some months to go, but it was on the edge, and I was already getting offers for getting sent in the mail. They still come um, for several hundred thousand dollars a year here and there upon finishing. And so I, during this time, I had a break, and I took um, a trip, a short-term mission trip to Haiti. Um, with my church and didn't really have any aspirations past that week. Just went on a trip. As soon as I landed in Haiti, all the way through the duration of the week, um, God was really working something on my heart. It, I got there. I've never felt a society void of morals, void of God, void of spiritual aspects. Very dark place outside of any developing country I'd ever been to. And the last day I was there, I was kind of standing on a mountain overlooking the garbage dump in Haiti and the whole Port-au-Prince poverty and looking at people scramble for food, and, and I, I just said a simple prayer. I said, God, where are you here? And um, I heard, like, everything in my head, you know, I'm in you. I need you to bring me to these people. Very real, tangible experience with God. Didn't hear a voice, but felt that in my head. And on the plane trip home, I just did some real thinking. I'd, you know, you read the New Testament, I'm sitting here reading about the apostles, and I'm thinking, kind of adding that up to today's society, and I just don't see these kind of people living anymore. I don't see people sold out for God the way, you know, the Bible instructs us to, and, and just giving it all up. And um, God was really putting a, kind of a, a choice fork in my road, you know, go down the path and continue in that way to probably a $700,000 a year lifestyle, you know, nice home, nice cars, kids at prep schools, all that kind of thing, or <laughs> be in poverty with me and go to Haiti, you know, so... I got home, told my wife about it. She, God had been working on her heart, obviously, too. We're one, and, and obviously he's working on me. He's going to work on her. And she was agreeable. And so to make a long story short. Um, well, let's not make a long story short. Sure. <laughs> okay. We got Joy right yeah. here. Hi. And, and, and this particular long story is worth being a long story. <laughs> and Joy, you had no small career either. Well, I was working in the financial industry, mutual funds company in uh, downtown Chicago. Um, 
And it saddened my heart every day to see how money drove people. When the stock market was up, everybody in the office was so happy. When the stock market was down, I mean, it was hard to get a good hello, how are you? And, and it just killed me that that was people's hope. And, um, I, you know, that the same week Malcolm was uh, in Haiti, we were doing a ton of praying at home. And God was just, I just knew this was more than just a, a mission trip. It was, he was going to come back, change. And I just really felt the pull of doing something great for God. God, I just want to be used for you. And what am I doing behind this desk? You know, making other people money. <laughs> I mean, this isn't doing anything for your kingdom. And when he came home and told me that, you know, we, we have to do something. I've never seen poverty like this before. I've never felt a hopelessness in a place before. And we have to bring Jesus to them. I was 100% on board. And but, you had no small income. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, it was decent. It was decent. Well, and then decent it was about to you and to, decent to me are two different things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it we're was in more Chicago than decent. Too. Yeah, you're in, in the Chicago financial markets in Chicago. Yes. Folks, her income was, was, way more than decent and so <laughs> the the picture that I wanted to paint just at the beginning of the show of a little bit of how God touched them both and it's amazing to me time and time and time again on this show God shows up touches somebody's heart and turns their passion into a kingdom pursuit you are gonna be I'm gonna tell you he, there's no small thing that has happened here at the end of this show you're gonna be going oh my word you got to be kidding me you got to be kidding me so you're going to get to hear that. But next up, and we also have uh, uh, an interesting young man. I've never met him before this morning. His name is Doug Redding, and he is with Iron Madness Apparel. Welcome, Doug. How you doing? And so we're going to find out how things iron out for him in a minute. We actually have a riddle along those lines, and we also have our good friend, been with us before, Jacob Gooden. And Jacob is with Sage Garden Care Center, which God's taken your passion. Hey, Robbie, how are you? And helping out with other folks that are struggling. Right. And it's so cool. And then he's got a business we've talked about a little bit. We're going to talk about it a little bit more today. Jacob's Ladder. Now, you may be familiar with that ladder. It's a different one for Jacob. No, it's the same <laughs> one for you. The Jacob's Ladder is, is a picture of Christ. And so we're, we're going to talk about his business, his work today. But it is Kingdom Pursuit. So you're going, Robbie, there's got to be a riddle. There's got to be a way I can win a prize. We have got a prize package for you, and with the word iron, you know, it was just, it was it was fodder for Robbie, so here we go. Doug asked his teacher if rust came from wrought iron, like it was rotting, rust, <laughs> it'll come to you. All right. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but from what Doug told me, iron was discovered because somebody smelt it. Have you ever thought of that? Now, I got Johnny to laugh on that one. <laughs> it was discovered because somebody smelt it. And a curling iron, from what I understand, is a permanent solution to a hairy problem. <laughs> and all that leads up to the actual riddle, which is, I'm really enjoying my riddle today, so I'm going to look forward to somebody calling in with the answer to this. Which prophet in the Bible saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony of defeat. <laughs> Which prophet saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony of defeat in Robbie world? <laughs> you call in and tell them what they'd win, Johnny. 
we have Kingdom Pursuits prize packages, which include Truth Network t-shirts, uh, Truth Network books, and uh, various other Truth Network branded items. <laughs> and all that can be yours if you can answer Robbie's riddle. There you go. 866-348-7884 is the number to call in. 866-34-TRUTH. Tell us which prophet in the Bible saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony <laughs> of defeat. <laughs> oh, I'm going to love it when you call in with that. 866-348-7884. I didn't get a chance for Doug to, but I had to get to this riddle before we got to the break. So I, but Doug, this iron apparel, there's, it's, it's interesting and we're going to weave our way through this story. But God gave Doug a passion for weightlifting. That's where the, hence the word iron. And if you could see this guy, I'm not guessing you'd want to mess with him. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not guessing. And, and from what I understand, Doug, you, you, you have several martial arts. Um, I do, yes. Um, issues I'm, as well, like fourth degree and first degree and all sorts of black belts and stuff like that so again iron is not mistaken here and then we got jacob and we're going to find out more about sage garden all these things most of all we want to hear you riddlers out there we got reggie calling in 866-348-7884 which prophet in the bible saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony of defeat <laughs> call it Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom. Today, we, I'm telling you, just hang on to your seatbelts because we got so much coming at you. Malcolm and Joy Henderson with Charis, Charis, how do I say it? Karis. Karis. <laughs> You'll never forget it now. Karis for Haiti, and, and which means which means grace. So we're going to get to that. We got Jacob Gooden with Sage Garden Care Center and Jacob's Ladder Roofing and Doug Redding with Iron Madness Apparel. As always, you're going to find all this stuff at kingdompursuits.com. And we're going to give you a way to give Creole Bibles here shortly that I think it's going to, it's going to blow you away. So, so get ready for that. But right now we have got Riddlers on the line. And so I'm very excited, <laughs> as I always am, for folks to tell me which prophet in the uh, saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony of defeat. Reggie is in Durham. Reggie, which prophet was yes. it? I am dying uh, to know. I, I, um, I hope it's right. I w I'm going to say John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Tell me your thoughts about John the Baptist. That's interesting. Well, I, I, I said that, uh, I said, I, I guess John the Baptist, because you said that he saw a vision. He did. Um, it didn't necessarily was a vision, but he saw a, a dove light on on Jesus, and he said that uh, you oh. are the, the son of, of of God. And my feet are and worthy to be son. Yeah. You, uh, once again, my listeners have blown me away, because John the Baptist was certainly a prophet, and Jesus said one of the greatest that ever walked, right? So you're right sure. on that note. You're right on the fact that he's, he mentioned feet with the sandals, and, the, and, and, and you're right, he saw a vision. 
So in spite and, of the fact and, that that wasn't what I was thinking, which is... And I, you said also, you, you said in the riddle, um, something about the agony of defeat. Oh, he had some agony. There's right. no doubt. You are exactly right, Reggie. I am more than impressed at, at your biblical understanding because once you have outriddled the Riddler. You have come <laughs> That is so awesome. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you calling in. And God bless you. We got Chatty is in Greensboro. Chatty, you're on Kingdom Pursuits. Have you got another answer, perhaps, to which prophet in the Bible saw a vision with the irony that led to the agony of defeat? I think it was Daniel. That was actually the one that I was. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about Daniel. Tell us about Daniel. Well, he had a vision, and in the vision, the head was gold, and the body was silver, and the Lord torso was bronze, and his legs were iron, and his feet were iron and clay. Yeah, and that was the vision. And And there was some agony there, wasn't there? A lot of agony in the defeat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chatty, I am so glad that you are exactly right as well. And you you were thinking along my lines. That's, That's who I was thinking when I wrote the riddle. But I'm liking John the Baptist. And I'm thinking, as usual, my listeners have got a phenomenal biblical understanding. So God bless you, and I thank you so much for calling in with that answer. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. How cool is that? I was, you know, often, Jacob, they blow me away, these Riddlers. Mm -hmm. And they know their stuff. And and you know your stuff. And we had talked last time you were on the show about how God came after Jacob. Yeah. And now you find yourself as as a counselor. Well, not, not life just coach. Life coach. You find yourself as a life coach. Yes. Did you ever think <laughs> no. in a million years that God would take a roofer and give you a passion to help other people find a way out of addiction? No, I had no idea. And even coming out of the addiction with four years, three years clean, I didn't know God's plan. And I would ask him daily what do you got for me what do you have for me and he just told me be patient and and here i am now as a life coach and it's it's a rewarding position it's really fun to see the people that come in there and come through there they want to know or they want to change um they don't know what they're looking for they're just looking for something and that's when we get the opportunity to tell them about jesus and how much god loves them and that god has a plan for so, have you got like two cards? I'm curious because this is Jacob of Jacob's Ladder, which he actually <laughs> does roofing. Yeah. But he's also a life coach at Sage Garden Center, which is in Moxville, North Carolina, if you're in the Winston Salem area, which all that's at kingdompursuits.com. But I'm just wondering mm-hmm. have you ever been like roofing somebody's house and you go, like, hey, I think you could use a little life coaching? <laughs> well, you don't want to put that on anybody. <laughs> You know, we have the logo on the truck that says glorifying God with every job. And when they, you know, they ask about that and what that means. And then you have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus and then what he's done in my life. And then you can show them, or here's, here's my other card to Sage Garden. Give me a call if you know anybody or 
if you're struggling with anything, there's four of us. How cool is that? That is absolutely cool. And getting back to Malcolm, I'm going to make this challenge before we get into the next little section of this. I asked Malcolm at lunch the other day when I heard about his ministry, which again, just hang on to your seats because this is going to blow your way what he's doing. What, what are, what is one of your biggest needs? And he said, Robbie, I need Creole Bibles. These people in Haiti have no Bible and they're, they're, they're so few. And I, well, how much for a Creole Bible? He said, Oh, about $2 and 50 cents. I said, well, we're going to put this up at kingdom pursuits so that somebody for $25 folks, you can donate to his ministry. You go to kingdompursuits.com and you see, How's it pronounced? Charis? Karis. Karis. <laughs> I thought you said you could remember that. Karis. Karis for Haiti. And you can see, you click on that link, it'll take you right to Karis for Haiti. And $25, you can buy 10 Creole Bibles. $50, 20 or if maybe you, the Lord's given it on your heart to give 100. 40 Bibles, 40 words of God in the people's hands that before we get into more of this story, from my standpoint, it's really helpful because Malcolm studied the Haitian people and their story. It's really a tragic thing of how we have abused these people since Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. 1492. Yep. T- tell us the story. Yeah, so Columbus hit Hispaniola, which is the current island which contains Dominican Republic and Haiti, before he hit, a few months before he hit America. We all know the American story, but the Hispaniola story kind of gets buried in history. So he came there, um, noticed that the whole landscape was covered with mahogany, and um, there was a lot of sugarcane, natural sugarcane growing in various fruits. He saw the opportunity to make money there, send it back to Spain, France, wherever. And so um, he immediately enslaved the native people, which were the Taino Indians, T-A-I-N-O, and um, exterminated them within a few years. There's no more left today. And uh, then to keep the production going and taking the mahogany off the mountains and the sugarcane out of the, out of the land, he started exporting African slaves from the west coast of Africa, Ghana, Benin, Togo, those areas. And um, so that's the result of, uh, even to today, the people you see in Haiti, dark-skinned, African-appearing people, as opposed to the eastern half of the country, the Dominican Republic, which is more Spanish concentration. So... Um, the people, and, got, the people got tired of it, and they just wanted freedom. And after years of this, where the average slavery was only two years, it was so brutal, um, they revolted. And basically, they had a voodoo ceremony, sacrificed a big black hog, and made a deal with Satan that if you give us the victory over these European armies, which one of them was Napoleon's, we'll dedicate the country to Satan. They destroyed Napoleon's army, and this is farmhands with pitchforks and nothing more, really. And, um, and they claimed allegiance to Satan. And to this day, the country's still dedicated to Satan. So that's what you deal with. And some of the stuff that goes on there, I had no clue. I, I'd actually interviewed lots of folks from Haiti before, but what Malcolm told me uh, is extremely gripping. But it, it, let's pick up the story mm-hmm. from, okay, you and your wife sell everything, uh, you know, unbelievably step away from these unbelievable jobs, whatever, to go to Haiti. And well, God just start doing some more miraculous stuff that's right so i was a physician um you know she was in finance we left all that we sold homes cars left friends family and and i kind of built my own company and uh christian focused obviously and the reason i did that is because i didn't want to claim any denominational name going to haiti i wanted to be representing jesus christ i didn't want to represent baptist methodist whatever it was no i have no problem with any of them but i wanted to go to representing christ and so we started our own christian organization and we left 
And um, when I got there, it was be a doctor, you know, go go do things with medicine. And so I started doing that, and God quickly, I was praying about it, and he wasn't giving me peace about opening a clinic down there. And so I, I swore obedience to God, and I said, tell me what you want. And he didn't want that. I was sensing that, so I laid in bed praying about what he wanted. I'm listening to voodoo ceremonies going on all around me in the mountains where we live in the south. And um, God hit me in the head and said, that's what I want you to do. So I started going up into um, the mountains in Haiti and with, uh, with the translator, it helps me with kind of the mountain dialect up there. And uh, we're bringing the gospel to voodoo priests and priestesses, and I've witnessed demonic possession. I've witnessed, it's, it's dark. It's like you're living in a real-life horror movie there. The things you see, supernatural, power, all kinds of things. But these voodoo priests and their families, over 100 per camp, we're seeing them come to Christ. And it's just a powerful movement of the Holy Spirit. Well, and the, and the thing that I would really like, it's fascinatingly how God works on me, and then I he put somebody in my life like Malcolm. It was the very morning I met Malcolm, I was reading a book um, on desire by John Eldridge, mm-hmm. and, it, and in that book he was talking about how the greatest sinners often become the greatest saints, i.e. Paul, i.e. David, i.e. Jacob, <laughs> whichever Jacob you want to pick Paul, from. <laughs> but i started to think wow these witch doctors if 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 you hear more of malcolm's story you're going to find who did he specifically send him to in there to talk to these witch doctors now you think witch doctor and you're picturing the guy in louisiana with a little voodoo doll you're going to find out is way not even in in, that's not even first grade stuff compared to what you're going to find out if you stay tuned and listen to Kingdom Pursuits. We got more, so much more coming. Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it to build the kingdom, and we are so blessed today to have Jacob Gooden here with Sage Garden Care Center and Jacob's Ladder Roofing. Our friend Doug Redding with Iron Madness. We haven't even found out hardly about this madness, so we're going to get some madness going on here in a minute. And then we got Malcolm and Joy Henderson with Karis. <laughs> Karis? It's like a car guy. All right, it's Karis for Haiti. <laughs> and I would repeat that, hey, when you, you're going to find out more about these Haitian folks and they need Creole, because that's the language they speak, Creole Bibles, $2.50, folks, $25. You donate to their ministry. They're going to buy 10 Creole Bibles, $50. They will send 20 can you imagine what, how precious the Word of God would be in those people's native language? So think about that. You can go to kingdompursuits.com, click on the link there for Karis for Haiti. <laughs> it's kind of like Cars for Haiti. No, it's Karis. Cars for Haiti. <laughs> but getting back to Doug, Doug the Iron Man, can you take us back to your story a little bit about how God came after a, a young man and and said, "Man, you need to be tough." Yeah, certainly. Um, I uh, started out this, you know, when I came to Christ when I was uh, about twelve or thirteen years old. Uh, my background is, uh, you know, it's like anybody, you know, I come from a checkered past, and um, you know, I, I was involved with Gothicism and uh, suffering from depression, and you know, family situation wasn't, you know, what I would call the best, it's just as it should be, but um, you know, God got a hold of my heart and, um, you know, he showed me his grace and his goodness and, 
uh, I was saved. My mom took me to a church in Thomasville, North Carolina, and um, I came to Christ. And uh, man, it's, it's it's been amazing ever since. Uh, the uh, the story that I, I tell is, you know, to me is normal. You know, that's my life. You know, and you know, I sit here today and I hear all these other guys' stories. You know, it's just like, man, you know, God really is on the move. You know. <laughs> it's uh you know god's all powerful he's all knowing he knows your story he knows your background but it's you know it's where he leads you is you know that's that's the amazing part of the story you know it's not where you've been it's where god wants to take you and um i've been able to meet a lot of amazing people in my in my path you know uh starting this company um about a year almost not quite a year ago I mean, we're, we're just now getting started we actually launched just about a couple of weeks ago uh, with their apparel line, and um, and it, this the story behind the apparel line is amazing. I mean, it's it's really something. Um, you know, I graduated high school in 2010, and when I when I left high school, I went to college, and I had been uh, in college since I was a sophomore in high school. Um, studied health and wellness, uh, got into bodybuilding. Of course, it's my passion. I love it. Uh, God's given me a talent for that. I've got the genetics for it too, you know, and, um, you know, competed in a couple of small shows and, you know, won a couple of small shows and, uh, you know, I'm not a professional yet, but that's my aspiration to be there someday. Um, and anyways, the, with the apparel line, um, I had, it came about really, uh, my wife and I got married in 2012 and we, um, I just, I just told her, you know, just, we had a my, with my bodybuilding. Um, I had lost one of my jobs, and uh, things were tight. So you know, as a, as a competing bodybuilder, I said, like, you know, maybe I can get some sponsorship, you know, with uh, to help me out, you know, keep on doing this. Because I know this is this is where God wants me to be. It's just it's a passion. God has opened up tremendous doors, tremendous opportunity to meet tremendous people. And so, um, anyways, and I go out to these local businesses uh, and getting trying to get sponsorship with the uh you know the bodybuilding and well you know of course the, the question any sponsor is going to ask is you know how are you going to you know endorse me you know and uh so of course uh my cousin had a sign shop and you know so hey I'm, I'm, i'll make some shirts you know we'll just, we'll just get a you know cheap shirt we'll put the label on it you know make it design and actually they actually turned out really great they look they look like fantastic um Anyways, and so I, I begin wearing these shirts to promote my sponsors, and, you know, I kind of look around. I say, you know, I told my wife one day, I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I could just have my own line of apparel, you know? And, uh, but, you know, even before then, I was looking at these shirts, and I'm saying, man, it could be so much better, you know? Uh, I wear it, I put this shirt on, and I'm saying, man, it, it feels good, I like it, but it can be better, you know? And I, I, I really think that's, that's kind of how God looks at us, you know? You know, he, we, we are forgiven in his eyes. He looks at us as his children. He said, you know, you know, you, you could be so much better. Just, just let me see what I can do with you. You know, let me into your life. I want to make things better for you. You can make things better for other people, you know. But anyways, um, and so this journey begins of, you know, me starting my line of apparel. It took me about one year to design and get the shirts manufactured. Uh, the actual manufacturing process only lasted for about three to four months. Um, as far as getting prototypes, um, so we started out. We design. I designed this fabric. I, I'm going to cut you off there. Sure. That's good mm -hmm. because the fabric and all that. That's that's part of the secret of the, the good part of the of the message. And we definitely want to hear about that. We do, and we're going to get to that in a minute. 
But we got more from Jacob that I'm, you know, as you're listening to Doug's story and you're thinking, wow, God wants more. God wants more for Jacob's ladder. And that's, again, a professional situation because you got certainly how God calls you into ministry. But can you relate to him on a business level? Well, one thing, I think he could definitely be a life coach. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, God wants more for our lives. Uh, he died so that we could have an abundant life, not just any ordinary life. And and we could have that abundance in him. And I, I just think that we can all be more for each other, be more for for God. If we can go out and spread the gospel the way we're supposed to. Um, and I, and I, that's a great segue into where I wanted to go, actually. It's a great segue into where I wanted to go. One of the ways we know which way to go is is sometimes just clearly listening. And a big part of Malcolm's story there in Haiti, to me, is what happened with Amway. Because, you know, Amway is selling a lot of LOC soap and stuff. They need it down there. Um, but <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Malcolm. Tell us that yeah. part of the, the. Well, when I got to Haiti, there was, um, you know, I was thinking about being, I thought naturally I'd go into practicing medicine there. So I um, very quickly, within a few months, I had an offer to, uh, to take over this clinic. Um, um, an organization called International Aid, which is based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, had stocked this uh, clinic in Haiti with just incredible, you know, luxuries for Haiti. I mean, clean water out of the tap, surgical lighting, uh, tables that were just perfect. I'd never seen anything like it in Haiti. And when I got in there, it's just like for any physician, it's like you're salivating over this, like, man, this is, this is quality stuff. And so I was really pumped about it and, and went home and told Joy, and we're just excited about this. And international aid is kind of headed up by the son of the CEO of Amway. So you're talking big money, big funding, big potential here. So if I was to take this over, I could pretty much ask for whatever I wanted, and it would be there on a private plane within. And that would give probably me private plane ability, too, and anything I want to do. But I go home and pray. And one thing I asked God for when I got to Haiti, I said, you know, I was through the fleece out like Moses. I'm not doing this alone, God. You're coming with me or I'm not going because this is, this is a scary place. God affirmed and affirmed and affirmed he was with me. So I went and then I said, I need spiritual discernment to be here. I have to understand your will immediately when, when decisions come up. So I started praying about this clinic and I was not getting peace about it. And I can't explain to listeners how you hear God in your own specific way. But for me, it's peace or no peace when I'm praying. That's just the best way I can describe it. So I wasn't having peace. So I knew God was telling me no. So I turned it down and People were just blown away by this. And this is kind of what I want to encourage people. Your walk for God looks nothing like human standards set up. Nothing. I mean, if, if you think something's good, human-wise, a lot of times it's not. Luke 16, 15 quotes, What's highly admired by men is abominable to God. And if you really take that verse and put it in, in human standards, it'll wake you up. And that's, God didn't want me to take it. And that's when he called me into the voodoo ministry, which we've been seeing. Well, let's, let's, let's go there for a second. Yeah. Because that's that's where the rubber certainly and or the mahogany meets the road (laughs) uh you're laying there in bed Mm -hmm. and you're hearing these drums Mm -hmm. and those drums tell you some horrible stuff is going on and i know this is going to be hard for some listeners to hear but can you explain to our listeners just a little bit of the horror of what this really is sure voodoo is in america we really don't understand it we think of boogeyman under the bed pin dolls like you said that's not the case that is louisiana maybe but in haiti um it's dark 
it's it's dark black magic it's 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 dark stuff so there's a political form of Haiti and Port-au-Prince which a lot of people if they've been on mission trips that's what they've been exposed to it's not real depth voodoo I'm in the south God called me there's no Christians where I am at all and so I'm listening to voodoo that's dark ancient real the real deal and so some of the voodoo priests I've went up to they're sacrificing human babies they're drinking their blood they're 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 calling down demons um, they have demonic power they can um, they can heal people. They can kill people. They can put a curse on an altar. If a Haitian touches it, he dies. Uh, th- this is dark stuff, but we have the power of the Holy Spirit, so we don't have to fear that. So when you hear these drums, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's going on. You know what's really going on, mm-hmm. and it ain't, it ain't somebody poking some pins in a doll. Mm-mm. This this stuff is real. There's people dying, right. and, and and so God is saying, I want you there now. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> this seems really scary to me. I'm a yeah. surgeon, and I'm. You want me to go in there? Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're a surgeon, the fact that you're from this country, can you walk our listeners through a, a little bit of what, you, why, that is so attractive to these sure. witch doctors? Sure. Number one, I'm mixed, so my mom is Swedish, my dad is black, and so I'm dark. I'm darker skin, so I appear black to people, even though I'm mixed. I'm, I appear black to everyone. So that's a plus. I'm an American. That's a plus. I'm about a foot taller than all the Haitians. That's a plus. So it's like, it's this kind of respect that's built in. Now, when a white person comes to Haiti, it kind of comes with a lot of baggage, you know, and they get, they see that. So when they see me, I have an instant kind of rapport with them. And then when I tell them God sent me from America to come and talk to them, then they're just, they're wide open to hear what does God have to tell me through this person. And we're going to take you into the witch doc camp when we come back. You're going to want to be ready for that. We might take you up the ladder, or we might pump some iron. We got it all coming, so stay tuned (laughs) on (laughs) Kingdom Pursuit. (laughs) Welcome back to Kingdom Pursuits, where we hear how God takes your passion and uses it for Kingdom Pursuit. Today, we are so blessed. Uh, I'm sure you would agree with me. God sends me the most amazing folks that he's touched and given him a passion for the kingdom and i'm sure you can hear that in our guest today jacob gooden with sage garden care center and jacob's ladder roofing and we also have doug redding with iron badness apparel and for the first time on kingdom pursuits i'm actually get this right malcolm and joy henderson with chorus for haiti <laughs> And I would point out again, this is an opportunity for you to give directly to advancing the kingdom. $25 will send 10 Creole Bibles. $50, $20, $100 will send 40 Creole Bibles. And you'll understand why. I mean, these folks, they were abused for centuries. They, they made a deal with the devil. But the thing about grace, that's why I love the word charis for Haiti. Because I figured out, this is Robbie's version. This is the Robbie revised version. In Isaiah 61, Jesus said, I'm declaring this is the year of the Lord's favor, which means that he declared that Robbie was his favorite right there in Isaiah 61. Well, actually, he declared that Haiti was his favorite. Those witch doctors that are sacrificing babies, and drinking the blood. Believe it or not, Jesus declared they're his favorite. 
They want to break him. They want to break those people out of there. They want to break him free from that sin. The grace is beyond anything that, that we can possibly understand. But he also, because he declared this is the year of Doug's, Doug's my favorite. <laughs> he wants people to have really cool apparel that will help them in, because, you, you know, when I hear Doug's story, I think of, of uh, Eric Little when he said, you know, when I run, I can feel God's pleasure. Perhaps as, as he's benching 450, he's <laughs> feeling God's pleasure. But in order to do that, you got to have the right clothes. Right. And you found out that temperature has a lot to do with whether or not you can pump the iron. Definitely, yeah. Tell us about it. Sure. Um, in in my college, you know, when I was studying to be a PA, and uh, of course I dropped out and got bored. <laughs> well, you know, it was it was just, it really was God opening the doors. Anyways, I found out through you know learning about anatomy and physiology when the body is cooler than ninety eight point six degrees, which is your core temperature on average uh, your nerves are not as active as what they should be so you so for example you know have if you play the guitar or play an instrument I, I happen to play the piano um, or if you're if you anything you do and it's like when your hands are cold it's like you can't move your hands you know as good uh, it's a lot of people think it's the joints it's not it's the nerves the nerves are not able to activate the muscle uh, properly and, and even though that's an extreme case, it, it still applies in, you know, workout. And you're a little bit cooler than what you should. Basically, with a lot of bodybuilders and powers, we do what's called a warm-up set before you work out. And that's what that is. It's, it's literally to warm up the nerves to get them to become active. Okay, with the, the science behind my apparel is we de- I designed this, uh, the fabric, to be, um, you know, the right consistency to be able to help your body to, you know, keep that proper temperature. You're not going to be too hot. You're not going to be too cold. Um, a lot of my competitors, they focus on get, keeping you dry. And then my apparel is not about being dry. You know, being dry is not going to help you in a workout. You work out, you're going to get sweaty. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the whole point of working out. But um, basically, it's to that temperature, making that temperature be is, is the, the huge thing. That is so awesome how God, you know, he's, he's, he's teaching us stuff, Jacob. Mm-hmm. And, and, and along the way, you know, we're paying attention. And are you like me, just blown away by what God does with all these folks that are with us today? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I sense that. Uh, Malcolm enjoys really, their story's really, really neat. And Malcolm is very educated on what he's doing right now. That He's taught me a lot this morning. And, and it, I'm just like, really, God? How cool is it that I get to be walking with folks that are walking with you like this mm-hmm. that are seeing the thing you know but i when i think of your story let's go back to those witch doctors okay, okay? there they are they, they can you think of anything more hideous no All actually right. no i mean but unfortunately to be in your own hell when it comes to drugs right yeah i know very few people that were involved in drugs that at one point in time didn't sell some drugs in order to help do the thing Right. And then you were sacrificing somebody else's baby and in a way drinking their blood. In, in, in a way, am I missing something? No, I mean, you're exactly right. I was sacrificing uh, my family. I was sacrificing my kids to be uh, on a drug and, and be addicted to that drug. And, and, and just because I needed that pleasure, it wasn't pleasure, but I thought it was at the time, 
uh, I was sacrificing so much. And, and actually, you're right. Uh, it, it's just like that. But it was Chorus for Doug. Yes. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Grace, it's by no, God. I, Grace that I'm even here today. And I'm blown away every day that God even lets me uh, be a part of, of any of this, of Sage Garden, of Jacob's Ladder. Um, it's really kind of cool because looking back on my life and going, really? I was in, in a hell. And, and now I get to live a, a life of abundance, abundance. Peace, abundant peace, abundant joy, um, and you're sharing and, it with other people and, at Sage and Garden. Get to share it. Or even if you need your roof done. <laughs> but speaking of hell, uh, well, let's take a trip. Um, there you go. You're walking into this voodoo camp, and what do you do? You knock on, uh, say, "Excuse me, can you point me to the witch doctor?" <laughs> how, do you, how do you find the guy? They're not hard to find. Um, the area I'm in, God strategically placed me in an area where I'm right next. My city is abutting up against the biggest voodoo area, one of the biggest voodoo areas in the south. Small city with 56 active priests. And so um, each priest has, you know, 100, 150 people in their camp. And each priest might have priests underneath them. So you're dealing with just a very satanic region here where all night it's synonymous, you know, uh, ceremonies going on, screaming, beats. They they call demons down with drums and bull whips, so you're hearing that all night long, and um, and it's just a crazy reality. Um, but don't be impressed with voodoo. Voodoo isn't any any look. It's the same demons, different look. You know, there's as many demons here as there is in Haiti, just with different assignments, different looks, different appearances, and so it's all the same adversary, and we have the same weapon, and uh, we have to use it in our given areas. And um, and so when I see a voodoo priest, I don't see anybody I'm impressed by. I see a lost child of God. And, right, and take us to that discussion because I love mm -hmm. that and share how, why they're so open to the gospel. Very open because you don't have to convince them of spiritual reality. They, um, they live in it every day. The biggest problem in America is we don't even believe spiritual realm exists. It's very hard to even get Christians to exist. That demons admit that demons exist. And so for me, it's harder to be here than it is in Haiti sometimes, to be honest with you. But when I'm in Haiti, it's like um, they're very open to spiritual realities. And they know they're doing wrong at the core of their heart. And so what I get them to admit is that they know they're doing wrong. And then we talk about, I tell them, do you want the opportunity to know your creator in a way that he loves you so much that he wipes out every sin that you've ever committed? Nothing. Your slate can be completely clean. That's how you enter the gospel for a voodoo priest. You're going through forgiveness because they're so impressed that that's actual a, a viable capability. And um, they know there's God and they know there's demons. And so you don't have to convince them of that. So when they find out that the lies they've been being told, John 8, 44, the devil's a liar, he's always been a liar. Um, when they realize they've been lied to, they're not very happy about it, number one. And when you share them the truth of what living in Christ is, they're all about it. So it's it's not a difficult conversation to have. But <laughs> opposed to America, I'll sit with a person trying to tell about Christianity, it might take years to convince them. But there, I can, in several hours to a few meetings, I can have them very interested in the walk with Christ. And am I right that in the You've been doing this now for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. And how many voodoo priests have you actually seen converted in uh, your discipling? Voodoo priests, several families, hundreds. But the priests are tough because they feel that they have made a deal with Satan. And they have to sort of commonly tell me, yes, I do want to convert to Christ, but I have to, I have to pay my debt that I owe to the demon, which 
when you see it in reality, it's going to cost him his life to do this. Then they're going to get dragged down. So it's like I tell them, we go over the lies. We go over that somebody did pay your debt. It's not you. It's Christ. And so you can you can reap the benefit of that free of charge, and that's grace. That's the grace of God. And that's well, you know, you don't know, but let me tell you mm-hmm. that I was in the Church of Scientology. And what you have to do if you join the Sea Organization of the Church of Scientology, you have to sign a contract for eternity to serve that church. Mm-hmm. And one of my initial issues and something that I've actually, you know, God and I have had to wrestle with and I had to have some circumcision of the heart and all that mm-hmm. stuff about was that contract. And so actually I, when I'm listening to what those, what those um, witch doctors are dealing with, they know the obligation that they made and they know it was a legitimate uh-huh. obligation. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but John Owen put it that there's this deep cleansing that comes from the blood of Christ. And only through really understanding how Jesus is charged is the grace of mm-hmm. I paid that right. contract. Right. Amen. It's really hard to grasp. You may have paid you may have made a, a deal with the devil yourself. Jesus wants to give you that deep cleansing that comes from he paid that contract on the cross. That's where it happened. And he will turn all that into a kingdom pursuit, whether you're out doing ladders or you're pumping iron or you're charged for Haiti. Go to kingdom pursuits. Think about prayerfully giving some money to these Creole Bibles. Can you imagine what these witch doctors could do? The greatest sinners will make the greatest saints. Please consider giving to that. And now stay tuned. you got so much truth coming at you. Mission Magazine followed by The Masculine Journey stays here for so much truth.